everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, we're doing a little weekend ramble edition, although technically not yet the weekend. I'm actually recording this Friday morning, just before I head into the office. Uh, what a routine, huh? You wake up and you just walk into a closet to record for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then head to the office and have a normal day. Now, if this is your first time joining along for a little weekend ramble, welcome, hello. Um, you don't need to listen to the other ones. You know, the purpose of them is I just kind of start to riff about whatever comes to mind, and the whole point is that it helps you, hopefully, the intention behind this is to get you to just hear me blabble, 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 is that a word, babble, ramble, bramble, a little bit, and um, yeah, you just get tired of listening to me and you just fall asleep, that's the goal, that is the goal, so hopefully it accomplishes that for you, so this morning started off my morning the way that I have sworn not to start it, which is by, um, I usually don't eat breakfast in the morning, um, the thinking for me is, I'm usually not that hungry in the morning, um, I'm pretty much hungry during lunch and dinner, no matter what I do, I can eat a huge breakfast, and I always, you know, I think it's this mental sort of thing, um, you know, out of habit, right? Like, you ever just eat out of habit? It's like, oh, it's 1.30. I'm used to eating this time, so I should eat. Yeah, that's uh, that's me, and that's been me for <clears throat> as far as I can remember. But either way, woke up today, and just something told me I should have some chips and dip it in the Chick-fil-A sauce. That was a big mistake. That Chick-fil-A sauce is, you know, addicting. It really is. It's almost too tasty for its own good. Um, so that's how I started my morning. Snacking. You know, and then I did the thing that, you know, I'm trying to uh, lessen the blow by eating an apple. You know, as if the apple totally cancels out what I just ate. But you know what? It happens. It's fine, no worries. Sometimes you gotta just wake up and uh, and snack a little. You live a little and you snack a little. Um, my alarm woke me up today. It's the worst sound. I actually made a huge mistake in my teen years <clears throat> of putting a um, a song that I really liked, which was Phoenix, nineteen oh one. Uh, as my alarm clock, as like my alarm sound. I think the logic for me at the time was, okay, if I listen to, if I wake up to a song that I like, it will make waking up a little easier and a little more enjoyable. And that's not what happened. Um, I just came to loathe and resent the song. And um, frankly, even to this day, there are times where if I 
hear the song on Spotify or whatever, um, I will uh, have to skip it most of the time because it just reminds me of having to wake up early in my teen years. And uh, like most teens and most adults, I've even gander. Not really a morning person. It's tough for me. I'm uh, just not very adept, not very inclined, not very um, naturally suited to uh, wake up early. And uh, I don't know. I think that's normal. I think that's on average what happens. I have a very good friend of mine. Um, who um, I played sports with in high school. And um, no, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> go on about my high school uh, athletic days. Um, I think I've done that enough. But it always stood out to me whenever we would travel for a uh, tournament, 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 another word that I've struggled with. But whenever we, whenever we had traveled for a competition... Let's say we had to be up at, um, which was typical, you know, like around 7. You know, that was kind of the, the usual. Um, this guy would be up at like 6. No alarm clock, just reading a book or studying. You know, like literally studying. And I always thought it was amazing how, you know, us at 14, 15, 16 range, how not only would this guy wake up without a, a clock, but he would also have what I can only describe as the mental fortitude to be studying right before a tournament that is, you know, pretty competitive. I mean, we were, we were pretty competitive. We won with some degree of frequency. Different sports, volleyball, basketball. I think volleyball ended up being our most successful during the time I was there. So, it's not as if we would show up to the competition with the idea of it just being a fun time. Like, oh, you know, there's no chance for us to win. Let's just enjoy playing. No, it's like we were there to win. You know, and it was only one competition. My, uh, freshman year that I can recall that um, you know we showed up it was a basketball tournament and um, that was one tournament that we pulled up into thinking okay we we may not get a uh, a real shot at this and that's only because our best player you know our, our senior captain by far the best player on our team um, on both sides of the court, to be fair. You know, he was, you know, our best scorer and our best defender. So, like a freak kind of athlete. Super good, really good IQ when it came to the game and all that. That was the only tournament I can recall kind of pulling up into and saying, you know, this is... Not that we didn't play hard, we did. You know, we, we played well. We played well enough. Um... But we were just too young. You know, most of the team was comprised of freshmen and uh, sophomores. Um, so, 
to disadvantage at that time, but obviously as you progress through high school, you know, those same freshmen and sophomore are now with that experience. We were then juniors and seniors, and then you know, that's when we did most of our winning. But uh, um, <laughs> I'm just thinking now about that tournament. I said two minutes earlier how I wasn't going to talk about it, but, you know, that that competition, that year in particular, I hadn't thought about in so long. But what's odd is that's one of the um, tournaments that I remember, actually one of the most, f like, fond ones. Um, I don't really know why, because, again, we weren't, we weren't as good as we had been as a school in the past. And, you know, simply what had happened was um, we had a, a good group of classes, you know, that were playing together as sophomore, juniors, and seniors. And then basically that class that started as sophomores in that era, let's call it, um, this was a year after they had graduated. So I was coming into my... I think it was my freshman year. Could have been my... Uh, could have been my junior? My sophomore year? Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was my sophomore year. I think it was. So basically the uh, junior class and the senior class of that year were very thin you know, when I was a sophomore, and so we, you know, we lacked um, talent overall, and we lacked that leadership, because the juniors were, on that team, were not bad, but they weren't super talented, and they weren't big-time leaders, they weren't, they weren't defensive specialists, they weren't sharpshooters, they were nothing, so you kind of had a big gap there, and then seniors, there was really only one player from that senior class that um, was great, and that was a guy that unfortunately because of an injury could not um, participate. But it was fun. You know, again, it kind of set the, the framework for, you know, a good group of athletes. And uh, very next year, we won that same tournament. So we went from, I think, placing fourth or fifth to uh, winning it at home, which was the, the nicest thing. And I kind of remember vividly um, heading into that that year, my junior year. I remember heading into my first day of class. I actually remember the day before class, we had practice the morning after. And I was so <clears throat> excited because I I could sort of tell, you know, I could I could sense the potential of the team. And I remember being up till three or four in the morning <laughs> the night before, being so excited to sort of get a chance to to play and compete and get better and and you know just show everyone that we could play at a high level. I think because we had lost from the year before, because obviously, you know, the 
the senior that I referenced during the competition my sophomore year um, or second year for non-Americans. He obviously graduated, so by the time I go into my junior year, and and that you know that guy, you know he was like a phenom, you know from the time he was basically in eighth or ninth grade. You know, it was like known that he was going to be a, a superstar athlete. So I think, understandably, with him leaving, it left a lot of doubts. Um, it left a lot of doubts about, you know, could could we as a group kind of get better collectively? And so it was really interesting to sort of see, and I, I kind of knew it. I had that, that foresight heading into the season that... From that experience, you know, the um, we had a couple of good freshmen on the team that now were becoming sophomores, and I just kind of knew that if we all got a little better, which is what you expect at that age, that level, the more you play, the more experience, you know, one more year goes by, you know, some guys were a little bit taller, some guys were a little bit more, you know, better shape, more lean understood the game a little bit better, understood the sort of dynamics better. We had now the experience of kind of as a group playing with each other. So we kind of knew each other's tendencies, where we wanted to be and, and the whole thing. And um, yeah, I remember heading into that year and heading into the tournament that again, we were hosting that year. I do very vividly remember people kind of being like, yeah, you know, you guys are good, but it's going to be difficult for you guys to win. I don't think you guys can, I don't think you guys can win it. That was kind of the general sentiment. Because again, we had lost, you know, this superstar. <clears throat> we had lost this superstar athlete that again, from the time he was a, you know, his first year, you know, he was pretty, you know, pr probably one of the best players at that time. You know, it's, it's no exaggeration to say he's, probably considered one of the best athletes in general to come to the school, but um, volleyball was his best sport, but basketball, you know, he was a freak of nature. So it was understandable that people kind of had doubts, but uh, a very interesting dynamic to go from that sort of focal point, that one guy, and then let's call him, you know, the rest of us were role players, and then heading into that next year, you know, it was pretty much a group of really solid players. And I think we ended up complementing each other's skill sets, which at the time I don't think we could appreciate. But now reflecting on sort of our play style, it ended up being this perfect combination. You know, so... And this is probably boring for you, so that's why I'm continuing on it. You know, so you should be asleep hopefully soon. But... Um, I think my best attribute on the court was my passing. I remember my dad would always tell me that, and I used to get upset by that. At the, like, at the time, I would be upset by that because I was a decent scorer. I thought I had good, some good moves. Uh, I thought defensively I was pretty good. But the one thing he always said was, you know, for me, the, the thing you're best at is passing. And at the time, I didn't really think I was that good of a passer, I didn't think I was anything special. Now in retrospect, and you know, occasionally I go back and I see games, and I kind of see 
how they play. And then I think, and you know, yeah, in retrospect, I was pretty good at that in particular. And I think that really worked for the team because there were two or three guys that were really uh, excellent at cutting and uh, reading space and getting in behind their defenders, guys that, you know, were, were like pretty, I think for the time, high-level stuff um, that now as I look at other teams at that age group and other players, it's like there's just something very interesting about our group of guys that were really good at things that I think are often overlooked. So anyway, it worked. You know, I don't think we had um, one guy in particular that was the best. You know, I was the captain of that team, and, you know, it's always a nice memory for me. The idea of winning uh, that tournament at home when, again, very few people thought that we would be good enough to. Um, that's it. That's no more. I literally went on this whole rant and ramble about <laughs> my high school basketball days because of one guy on that team that uh, had the miraculous ability to be able to wake up at the crack of dawn and study and, you know, all without an alarm. Meanwhile, for me, it was pretty painful to get up at that time. So as I said earlier, I, I was not going to go on about it, and I think I've spoken more about my high school days than perhaps any other episode. But that's the nature of the podcast. That's the nature of my rambles. I mean, a good chunk of you request them, so hopefully that wasn't bad. All right, we're close to 20 minutes. I think before concluding, I want to uh, go over dreams. I always like to go over my dreams on my weekend, on my weekend rambles, if there's anything interesting. It's not particularly interesting, but I'll just say it anyway. Um, a dream I had this week was I was a sales rep for almost like a a cosmetics company. This is strange on multiple fronts. Number one, I don't work retail. Number two, I'm not in tune with the cosmetics industry. I couldn't tell you what retinol does. I couldn't tell you, you know, what what eye cream you should use. I couldn't tell you when to apply moisturizer or even how much. And yet in my dream, I was... Again, like a, a brand rep. And I remember in this dream, and I wrote it down here, that it looks like I was almost selling to people, like, in the airport. You know, like those big international airports, they have, um, they have those duty-free sections. And that was me. I was working, apparently, in an airport in the duty-free section, selling cosmetics. And I remember watching people kind of pass by. And I remember in the dream I had a moment as well where I sort of thought to myself, 
how did I get here? And why am I selling cosmetics at an airport? Always wondered. I mean, obviously, it, it must be lucrative. It has to be. Those duty-free sections. Because otherwise, those stores would not exist. But, like, I pass by, like, Brooks Brothers. Right? Which I, I don't see anywhere except in airports. And it's possible they're only in airports. And I could be totally wrong. But I do not recall seeing a Brooks Brothers anywhere except in airports. And, okay, I can get it. You have people traveling for work. You know, they need business attire. Perhaps they forgot a, a shirt or a tie. But it's like, are, are sufficient numbers of people forgetting their business attire that they're buying it at the airport prior to boarding their plane like that's something that I've never quite understood if you ever bought something at Brooks Brothers at an airport could you please tell me why what was the context what was the thinking behind it you know again it's like oh crap I'm realizing now I didn't pack my white shirt okay I'm gonna go buy a white Oh, I, I don't have a golf shirt for Sunday. Okay, I'll just buy one. Okay. You know, I can sort of understand that, but they have full, you know, retail stores of Brooks Brothers at airports. Um, which I guess, to be fair, I'm not, I'm not exactly, like, paying close. I'm not paying very close attention to how full or empty the stores are. But they must be getting enough traffic. And yet again, I'm thinking, how much could they possibly be selling? The other ones that I'm always curious about, too, is, uh, like, the massages. Again, same thing, I understand the concept. But, I don't know, have you ever done it? Have you ever gone into an airport massage studio thing and gone a massage? It makes sense, you know, especially if you have a long layover, if you slept on the plane and, you know, your body is aching after the plane or whatever. I get the premise, just like I understand the premise of the Brooks Brothers store, but from a practical sense, I just don't really ever notice people going in and getting a massage at the airport. Have you done that? Have you gone a massage? At the airport. My thing is they also look very expensive. It's like a hundred bucks for like like thirty minutes or something. Just you know. So that was one dream. Me working in the airport. Another dream was me in a painting class. I think that was like on Wednesday. I was in a painting class. And I was painting uh, abstract art. Which to be fair, I'm not a an art guy. I don't really know anything about art. If you ever listen to my ASMR critic on artwork, you can know very well that I'm not uh, not very savvy when it comes to it. Um, those are fun series. I should revive them. ASMR critic, and I just take uh, movies, music, art from a specific 
you know, creator, a specific artist, a specific director. And yeah, I just give you my opinion on them. I've done Jackson Pollock. I've done. Um, I don't think I did Van Gogh. I think I did um, Pablo Picasso. Should do Vincent Van Gogh if I haven't. But either way, you know, the point is, I'm not a, a big time art snob. But if I if I did get into art, I think I would do. I would focus on abstract art. You know, not Jackson Pollock style either, but relatively abstract. Where you know what I also love when it comes to art, the ones that appeal to me the most are those massive landscapes with like big scenes, big objects. You know, I think that would be my thing. Like I like the idea of like like artwork to remind us of just how small we are in the grand scheme of things and it's not to be dramatic or negative or pessimistic or you know emo about it but there's something about that style of art that i find to be really interesting like a small like protagonist looking at a huge city or a massive ocean or a massive um mountain or something you know i think maybe that's what i would what i would do Do artists, do painters use pen names or is that just for writers? Do artists have an equivalent of a pen name? Do you just go with a pseudonym? Is that how you say it? I don't know. You can tell that I don't know. Oh. But maybe that'd be a fun hobby, you know, to learn how to do that. I think painting would be like really learning how to paint. I have an uncle who, to de-stress, he basically paints every day. You know, it's been a, a really interesting hobby for him. He uh, he loves it. You know, he gets the paint, he gets the brushes, and uh, typically he does, um, like, pre-printed, like, he sketches, let's say, pre-made out designs. So he kind of just, um, I guess, sketches them with pencil. I don't know. And, uh, you know, he just kind of, you know, paints them in and puts whatever colors he wants. And sometimes he makes colors very interesting. Sometimes he makes it like a very literal scene. You know, like the ocean is blue. And, but, you know, he'll do like a yellow lake with, you know, red mountains. And, you know, just kind of whatever comes in. And he's been doing that now for, I'd say, uh, probably like at least, I don't know, at least a couple of years. I don't know. So now his house is just full of some of his paintings. I mean, a lot of his paintings he has to throw away because it's just way too many, literally. Like, he couldn't be the storm. But it'd be interesting, I think. Archery is another one I felt would be interesting. And uh, definitely another one would be, like, jujitsu. Brazilian jujitsu is one that I want to get into. I guess my thing with Brazilian jujitsu is. I'm very self-conscious over the fact that I'm, like, I have a propensity to sweat. So I feel bad to train with someone, especially someone who's, like, very advanced. And he's just showing me, 
the ropes, or she's showing me the ropes, and I'm like literally just a sweaty mess. <clears throat> Maybe that's just a ridiculous concern or thought to cross my mind, but it's true. And then archery, not sure why, just something about it. Find it interesting. Seems like a good back workout. I remember I had a friend growing up that had like a little archery set, and uh, I don't know, looked cool. I never tried it though. So now as an adult, as an adult, I suppose it'd be pretty interesting to consider. So curious to know what hobby or hobbies perhaps you've picked up on recently. As an adult, that's what I want to learn. I think picking up hobbies and interests as an adult sometimes gets frowned upon. I think it's a little tricky to maneuver in your daily life, but I'm curious to know what you come up with. Anyway, I've got to head to the office. It's time. Hopefully you are relaxed and or asleep. Questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach me at hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.